When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Benched with Bubba, continuing our season previews team by team to get you ready for the 2023 fantasy baseball season. We stick with the NL East, and I think this might actually be the last team in the NL East now that I think about it, in the Washington Nationals, the once-heralded World Series winning Washington, not too long ago, folks. Like, this isn't even your mom and dad's Washington Nationals. This is our Washington Nationals. And um, they still have fantasy relevance. I'm going to say that much. There's still some on the roster. And in order to break this all down with me as a friend of the show, a friend of mine, have the pleasure of meeting this wonderful individual in Arizona this past year. You can find her, her work at Fantrax.com. She does football and baseball, so she brings the heat year-round on Twitter at LKHourback. Lauren, how are we doing, my friend? <laughs> Bubba, it's good to see you again. Um, it's fun to be on here. I've been listening to some of your um, uh, team previews before, so I'm excited to be a part of it, covering the amazing, exciting Washington Nationals. Yeah, I tried to build it up as best I could, uh-huh. uh, yeah. but uh, you guys got a great ballpark to go to, so that's the, fun. Yep, you, yep. you drop off on the metro or the mm-hmm. train, whatever you guys call it, right outside. Takes you right in. Yep. Yeah, so like, yep. let's look at the positives here, right? Yep. Yeah. You have to find the positives this season with this team, yeah. but yes, find them where you can and run with them. I'm 100% with you, so I'm looking forward to this. Before we get into it, I mentioned like your Twitter and everything, but like, let the people know. Like, this is one thing I gave you a hard time for in Arizona. What do you got going on? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I, well, like you had said, I mean, I do, um, you know, kind of football and baseball content over at Fantrax, and um, I will start doing kind of uh, more weekly um, baseball kind of off-season stuff um, in the next couple of weeks by the end of February um, and kind of run with that, do probably a weekly write-up um, throughout the regular season. Um, I was talking to you earlier, I was saying I was kind of slowly transitioning my football brain over to my baseball brain, ba- my brace my baseball brain um, in the meantime and have been doing, you know, taking part in um, kind of fan tracks, uh, staff rankings for, for baseball. So if anyone's interested, they should check that out. But yeah, you can find me over at fan tracks. And like you said, um, at um, LK Auerbach is my Twitter handle, which I am not the best person on Twitter, but we are going to try and remedy that this season, Bubba, I promise. Yeah. And, I, <laughs> and I only gave Lauren a hard time about that. Well, like, here's a long story, backstory to Arizona. I'm not going to feel you. It was like the most ironic thing in the world. It was just awesome. <laughs> uh-huh. But um, 
I want her to promote more because she's very good at what she does and it needs to get out there. So I was giving her a very hard time because one of the jokes I always tell people is if I'm not giving you a hard time, it's probably they don't care about you. <laughs> so um, I, I got wanted like this has to happen. So yeah, yeah, uh, we'll, I know. We'll pay, yeah, we'll pay we'll pay Michael Simeone to run your Twitter account. How about there that? you go. There you <laughs> go. Like he wants one more thing to run. <laughs> exactly. <that curmudgeon. laughs> um, all right. Let's talk Washington Nationals let's here. Do it. And, those that are curious uh, i'm using adp from like the last six or seven draft champions drafts so they will fluctuate as you listen to the show but we'll start with the leadoff man here and one lane thomas and i'll just preface this out the gate one good thing about teams like the nationals i just did the orioles uh, before this episode and a couple other i guess not as high leverage teams as you'd expect their values technically potentially in drafts that's one of the fun things about them. And when it comes to Lane Thomas, when you look at uh, his ADP over the last, you know, week or so, he is um, coming in pretty, pretty cheap at 273. Mm-hmm. And it's just a matter of can he do it for a whole year with power, speed, and whatnot. So what's your thoughts on Lane Thomas this season? Yeah, I mean, I like Lane Thomas. Um, you know, he, you know, last season was his first season um, with with the Nationals. Uh, and he started off slow, but he started to figure things out in June. And he slowly worked his way up to the lineup. And as you've referenced, um, you know, he started leading off. He started exclusively leading off for the team um, since September 1st. And um, he's penciled in to lead off this season, which is good. And um, one of the things that I really like about uh, Lane Thomas is that he's fast. You know, his sprint, his sprint speed is in the 95th percentile. Um, and he has above average plate to discipline metrics. You know, he's got an 89% Z contact as well as an 81.3% uh, overall contact rate. And he doesn't chase a ton. So to me, I like um, metrics like that. He's fast. He's leading off. Um, you know, his uh, quality of contact metrics um, are just about average, a little bit below average, but he does have uh, contact to work with. Um, and so I like that. And, you know, a lot of projections have Thomas you know, kind of as a mid-teen home run guy with eight to 10 steals. But um, I really like him uh, to be a little bit more aggressive on the steal front. You know, I would kind of penciling in, um, you know, 12. I think he could be, you know, his upside is a 2015 guy with a 240 batting average. But um, the reason why I'm a little bit more aggressive on steals with this guy and a guy that we'll talk about in a couple minutes um, is that... uh, this team has, in order to score runs, they have to play small ball. There is no big power bat on the Washington Nationals. And so um, I think in order to score runs, they're going to have to be aggressive on the on the base paths. And if you look at Lane Thomas, you know, he was 8 for 12 last season um, in stolen bags, but 11 of those 12 attempts came in the second half of the season. So I think that that's something I like to carry over for him uh, this season. And I, I like him. I, you know, I think that um, he's probably going – uh, would you say about like two seventy? Like two seventy two ish. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like maybe like the sixty fifth outfielder off the board or something along those lines. Um, and I have no problem getting him there. I think he's a super solid kind of fourth outfielder. And again, I think um, really kind of pushing aggressiveness on the base paths. And also, just real quickly on that base path uh, point. Um, you know, some of the new rules, we don't know how it will pan out, but with, um, you know, pitch clock, bigger base sizes, these are things that um, may actually help this team if they're going to be aggressive on the base paths. And this is why I have people like Lauren on the show, folks, because I had like queued up just in case, but she nailed it. Uh, my One of my co-hosts, Ryan Bloomfield, that I have on, he does the Bloom boards, of mm-hmm. course. And last week he had one on first half for second half stolen base attempts. Mm-hmm. 
and the differences between the two. One attempt in the first, 11 mm-hmm. in the second half, just as Lauren mentioned, yeah. was the biggest like differential kind of or tied for in baseball. And that says a lot because I, a lot of people drafted Lane with the idea of steals right? mm-hmm. to go with a little bit of power. So now what if you get 11 and 11 attempts in both halves? Yeah. Like, like you're saying, it just changes things a ton, the different yeah. rules and whatnot. And when he's getting drafted right now, he's right next to Jesse Winker, kind of a little behind uh, Austin Hayes. So it makes it makes Lane Thomas very interesting, especially if he does get back to that stolen base world. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm 100% on board with, with you on that one. I think this was the gentleman you were kind of hinting at a second ago, and I'm really curious your thoughts because mm-hmm. I kind of have a weird, like, optimistic man crush on C.J. Abrams. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Like, I really, you know, the, the prospect pedigree, the speed we've seen, a little bit of pop, decent batting average. Um, his ADP is 224. The reason I like C.J., and I'll let you get, get uh-huh. your thoughts here, is I do think the speed's legit. I think that's a great thing. And the thing is, he's been at a high-level prospect, and he's kind of not – given us what we wanted but he's also been yo-yoed so much that he's never really gotten a chance where now the Nats have nowhere else to go like they traded for him for one so they wanted him mm-hmm. and like I said there's no one to take his job like yeah. why not get a full year to make this happen and he's predicted it second which is great so I hope I didn't steal everything but what's your thoughts on CJ Abrams no you didn't but you took a you made a lot of great points um and I am all in on CJ Abrams this season and you know talking about just real quickly like you kind of need to find your moments to pick with this team and your players to be excited about for me CJ Abrams is the player that I'm most excited about um on this team you know like you said he's this top prospect um he's a speed guy he's got a little bit of pop um and this will be his first full season um with the Nationals and you know he he's interesting to me because um you know he actually cracked the opening day roster uh with San Diego um last season but he really struggled out of the gate uh he was sent back to you know AAA came back up you, you know once he fixed whatever he was going to fix but he just didn't get you know con- consistent playing time um you know he never played more than 15 games a month in with San Diego so he came over with the Soto trade um he was in the minors a little bit here, um, but then um, he really started getting um, consistent playing time uh, in the middle of August uh, with the Nationals. And that's where you really started to, he came on strong. He basically had a strong September. And um, I think that that's no coincidence, you know, it's because he had consistent playing time, you know, and he ended up working his way up the lineup, just like Lane Thomas. Um, and in the final, you know, nine games of the season, CJ Abrams was batting second. He's again penciled to uh, bat at the you know second second in the order, um, and that's good because he is he is a speed guy. And um, you know, looking at his September uh, numbers to the end of the season, you know he he ended up with um, you know a ninety five wrc plus, a three hundred five woba, um, and a three hundred nine um, you know on base percentage. And so you know he wasn't reaching those numbers uh, prior to that. And I think that this really had a lot to do with consistent playing time. Now he doesn't have a ton of, um, you know, uh, uh, like pop. Uh, He has some pop, but he had a, you know, 2.1 barrel rate and he did have some chase issues last season um, and had issues um, batting against lefties. So he may, if he sits, that would be the only reason he may skip some at bats is against lefties, but, but you're right, Bubba. I mean, I think that the playing time is there. Um, You started to see him getting more comfortable last season. Um, And he had a similar thing with Lane Thomas. You know, he also started, um, I think he he stole uh, seven bases, I believe eight, eight bases, but um, 
six of those attempts came with Washington. And that was from August 15th on. So again, I think this is going to be an aggressive uh, team on the base paths. And I expect both Lane Thomas and CJ Abrams um, to be a heavy part of that. And it makes a lot of sense. Like you said it with Lane Thomas and now with CJ is it's just team context where mm-hmm. their nationals aren't going to be boppers. Like Soto's gone. Harper's gone. There's like no one these, there. No one's not even when <laughs> he was healthy. No like there. there's no one to hit home runs. So <laughs> they have to manufacture, which makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. So that's why you acquire an Abrams. That's why you have a Thomas and you hit him at the top of the order and, and right. see what happens. So it's more than just, you know, I can sit there and spout off that he's a prospect and this and that. You combine that though with the context, like you're saying, and it just kind of, at least, you know, in our, our world, we're trying, we're, we're trying to predict. And that's the best you can do is kind of put the pieces together. So I think that's interesting. A quick question on mm-hmm. CJ for you, though. Uh, he's going around picking uh, 223, as I mentioned. Would you be okay if you just waited on a shortstop as your shortstop, or would you prefer him as a middle infielder on your roster? Um, I actually, in a gladiator league, I, I, I waited at the position and I ended up taking CJ Abrams. Um, and so I, I'm okay with that. I'm really buying into him this season. Good. And um, it really is uh, for that, that power appeal. I do think, you know, keep in mind, he is 22. I think power will develop, but if we're talking about 2023, you know, redraft leagues, don't, you know, don't, um, you know, expect power. Like his fantasy value lies with his legs. So uh, I am in, in on him and I did, I did wait on the position and took okay. him. So. Perfect. And that's another great yeah. point. He's 22 years old. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh. And if I, the last thing I'll say on him is you know, like the barrel rate, people will say it was 2.1 hard hit, mm-hmm. but his max EV was 109.6. Yeah. Yeah. So when he does hit the ball or he can, he's basically proving he can hit the ball hard. Now it's like you said, as he grows and develops, like just translate a little bit. And mm-hmm. Even if he hits like 10 to 15 homers and then steals like he can, that could be pretty, pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'll probably butcher this last name because I've said it for over a year now, and I don't think I say it the same way more than twice in a row. Um, is it Manesis or Manessis? Manessis. Manessis. I knew Joey it was one Manessis. of the two. I told yeah. you I, I, yeah. it's one of the two all the time. <laughs> Joey Manessis uh-huh. is um, a guy that I cannot wrap my head around. I'll be 100% honest. He yeah. hit 324 with 13 home runs last year. Mm-hmm. He was amazing. He had 20 home runs in AAA over 96 games. Um the part I think I struggle with, he's going to be 31, so it's kind of yeah. a last, like a late bloomer mm-hmm. situation is the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. ADP of 203. So it's like we saw the skill set, but was this like a one-year wonder or is this something we can kind of hope for in 2023? Yeah. And I think when we're talking about, and I think like you were not, this is a common thought about Joey Manessis. What what do we make of him going into 2023? Because essentially he is like the Nationals power bat. You know, talking about we don't have a 30 home run bat. We do have Joey Manessis. There may be a couple of guys, but this is really... This, this is it. This is it for Washington where, um, you know, like you said, he had kind of all these great power stats. You had to keep in mind that this was uh, a 56 game sample with him. He's spent 10 years in the minors. He's 30 years old, um, but he got called up after the Soto trade and he really just kind of ran with his opportunity. And it was a really good feel story for, for, uh, you know, the team, but also for the fan base that was just gutted, you know, with, with Soto and Bell going. So um, he was a nice story kind of in the second half. And yeah, it's like, what do you make of him kind of, of, of going forward? Um, you know, he was aided. He did have some luck. He had a 370 BABIP, which, you know, definitely led the team. And um, I didn't check the league, but it was probably up there if um, in terms of, you know, luckiness. Um, so regression will hit, but I don't, 
think I still expect like 20 to 25 home runs from him or probably 23, 25 home runs. I would say, um, I wouldn't bank on much more than that. Um, regression will be there, but I get if, you know, like what you were saying, if you don't, you, you're not sure if you can buy into him because he's 30 years old. He spent 10 years in the minors. Like what are the odds on him kind of sustaining this for a full season? But there isn't a ton to, I think like you can't really poke a ton of holes in his skill set, which is, which is like average ish, but there are also some, some good signs, you know, he has a solid plate approach, you know, he, he finished, um, you know, with a 6.3 a walk rate and a 21.7 uh, strikeout rate. So, th- so that, that's average. That's good. But his quality of contact metrics, like he hit the ball 41.7 um, his, or his hard hit rate was 41.7, uh, which is near elite. And he had a 9.9% barrel uh, rate, which is above average. And, you know, his home run per fly ball rate was 25.5%, which is also elite. That will definitely come down. But um, his, you know, above average contact rates, he doesn't chase a ton. So it's not like he's this big free swinger that was just getting lucky. And when he had contact, he hit the ball. Well, like he has some solid skills there. They're not amazing, but I think they'll keep him afloat. And I think that it's good enough for, like I said, kind of 23, 25 home runs. Um, and I really do. I think you're looking at the the nationals power bat with, with Joey Manessis. I think, you know, I think he's currently going off the board as like the 20 ish, if like a first baseman. And if he falls, I think in drafts, I'm fine kind of taking him on a discount, just understand what you're going to get. Um, but I'm kind of taking glass half full with, with Manessas versus, um, um, what did I say? I'm taking glass half full versus yeah, half, half full. empty. Yeah. 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 I, 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 there was a lot of good for me to hear in that because mm-hmm. I, I, I said, I've, there's, only so many players you can really get like a, a good feel for as mm-hmm. you do research, especially in baseball with so many players. And Manessis is one where I just like, ah, it's just, it's tricky where, mm-hmm. and, and it's a lot of what you said. Cause you look at his ADP, even over the last six drafts and he is like the 21st first baseman off the board, but his ADP is 203, but he's got as high as 168. And that's low a is, little high. Yeah, it's a little, yeah, exactly. But <laughs> yeah. then as low as 234. So yeah. it's like that that range shows you I'm not alone on like figuring like, you yeah. either in or you're out. It feels like he's got such a wide array. Absolutely. So yeah. He could easily be a guy though if he falls closer to that 234 where I'm sitting in a draft like 220. Like, okay, mm-hmm. now I'm ready. I'll, yeah. I'll take it. I'm not going to get you by 170. Not a chance. But no. uh, so. He's definitely interesting. I looked at his projections while you're talking, and mm-hmm. even like the smart projection guys, like you said, 20 to 22 home runs. The counting stats won't be there because it's the Nats. That's the, the shame of it all, but he's not going to crush you. So maybe I need to change my thoughts, like not go all in on Joey, but at least not like cross him off. Yeah, thing. I mean, it's like he's yeah. not – I kind of view him as he's not a 30 home run bat, but I think he's better than a 20 home run bat. So I'm going to split yeah. split in the middle. Say he's like yeah. 25 and just kind of go with that and – um, you know, I think I had him in my rankings over at Fantrax. He may have been like the 23rd first baseman off the board for me. So, you know, in that neighborhood as kind of ADP, you know, um, but yeah, getting into that 170 zone, like that's, that's too rich, but just understand yeah, well, what you're getting. We'll see how it goes with him. I could see a Trey Mancini type profile there, mm-hmm. which would yeah, be yeah. quite interesting. So mm-hmm. that would be fun let's talk what else is fun is kyber Ruiz, and i was all in on kyber last year and it was kind of a rough go all around still at 251 which is good for catcher 
power never really materialized. I didn't expect a ton. Uh, and he stole six bags, which, oh my goodness, maybe this is a Nationals yeah. thing. But <laughs> I guess I, uh, I I guess I expected a little more batting average from Ruiz from what we've seen in the minor leagues. It could also have been his first full season in the bigs, mm-hmm. new team. Could have been a lot of question marks. I don't know what you're seeing or hearing um, in Washington, but he's the 14th catcher off the board at pick 194 right now. So he's not costing you a ton. Mm-hmm. Just doesn't really add much outside of maybe a good batting average. So what's your thoughts on Ruiz? Yeah, you know, I mean, like you said, I mean, he, I think people kind of walked away from his first season with, first full season with the Nationals, feeling a little underwhelmed. I think especially when you talk about Kybert Ruiz, you know, you know, this is, he's got elite plate skills, you know, K rate. He's got this high batting average floor, but he walked away with kind of a 251 batting average. And he did have an expected 277 batting average. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a little power. I don't, you shouldn't, I don't know where those six steals came from again. Maybe it is just, you know, Nats being like, we got to score a run somehow. Um, but I wouldn't bank on that this season, you know, I'd maybe do a couple, um, you know, stolen bases, uh, from him, but, um, he's just, he is what he is, which is just, he's a really good contact hitter with elite plate skills, um, and a little bit of pop. Now, you know, he, he did improve a little bit in terms of quality of contract contact last season. Um, when I say these numbers, it's still below average, but he did improve, you know, he brought his, you know, hard hit rate from 30.4 to 32.3 and then a 2.5 barrel to 3.7% barrel. I think that there is room for improvement there, but don't pencil in, you know, I would say 10 to 13, um, you know, home runs. Um, look, I mean, this is a, this is a, deep position. Uh, Kyber Ruiz is not flashy um, by any means. No one is is out there kind of trying to reach for Kyber Ruiz. But at the same time, uh, there's a high batting average floor. Um, say he gets you, you know, 13, 13 steals, I'm sorry, 13 home runs, you know, combined 100, you know, runs RBI, a um, couple of steals. Um, I think that batting average will go up to, you know, kind of two, 260, 265 range. Um, and what is that? I mean, that's, that's like a boring guy, but he's not hurting you anywhere. And I think that you just have to understand what he is when you get him and he's a perfectly solid, reliable, high floor, you know, second catcher, um, you know, and that's, that's how I view him. It's like, you know, he's easy to gloss over, but he's also not hurting you anywhere. And, you know, you can, you want to take a boring catcher. This is, this is him. But I do think in that kind of 14, if you said he's a 14th catcher off the yep. board, I think that's that's right about where he should be. Yeah, I like that ADP because I think last year where it kind of got tough with him, and I was high on him too, mm-hmm. is he was going much higher, where now he slots in perfectly as a catcher too, like you said. And when you get into catcher twos, it can get dicey at mm-hmm. times. Yep. And you got to, like you mentioned, the floor, especially batting average, like that 251 might be the worst we see from him. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's, that's what's crazy because, like you mentioned, the contact skills, he doesn't strike out. Like, yeah, that people are gonna kill me in Toronto. His contact skills and like play discipline r- resemble Mr. Alejandro Kirk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the results obviously have varied. I'm not yeah. gonna say by any means Ruiz is gonna be what Kirk is, but mm-hmm. to have that kind of plate discipline and plate skills is promising. Yeah, he's gonna be 25. So again, we're talking about a young guy mm-hmm. trying to figure it out. And I've talked to a lot of people about these catchers and especially young guys. Like I said at the very beginning, it's his first year running a team behind the dish yep. so like that takes a lot out of a guy that could take away from his approach of the plate and mm-hmm. something just to monitor and he's, he's a solid catcher too so i'm much more intrigued with where he's going in drafts right now yeah yeah fads come and go and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss 
That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. All right, the candy man, the candy man can. I've always <laughs> I've always been a little biased. I love Candelario. Mm-hmm. I think there's there's something there. It has yeah. not obviously happened yet, but yeah. again, gonna be 29 this year, still not that old yet. Yeah. Um he's out of Detroit. We know that ballpark. Washington can play lively, yeah. Uh, yeah. especially in the summertime. ADP of 388, new place out of Detroit. Mm-hmm. not saying he's going to be a world beater, but I'm not saying I'm not intrigued, especially with an, <laughs> with, a, with an ADP of 387. Yeah. Like, it's intriguing to me. Yeah, I'm with you. I I think I, I think I ha- you had me on uh, your show last year and we were talking about kind of boring players and we both yeah. were talking about, you know, we love, we love, you know, Jamer Candelaria, the candy man. And I, it, you know, I liked him going in, you know, to last season. I thought he could build off of his 2021 season, um, you know, where, you know, he led the position in doubles. I think he tied actually the, the, uh, the league in um, for team high in, in doubles with 42 doubles last season, finished with the 120 WRC plus um, it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, but it, you know, things didn't really happen. And when you look at some of his numbers, you know, the one thing that really stands out, you know, his batting average just completely cratered. Um, you know, he had a, he had a um, 271 batting average in 2021, and last season it fell down to a 217 batting average. And uh, you know, looking at a lot of his metrics, his quality of contact metrics, his plate discipline metrics, those all are around his league average. It's just what stands out is. You know, he had a 6% walk rate last season, which is a career worst for him. Um, you know, he has a, a 9.6% career walk rate. And, you know, the chase rate, his chase rate just like jumped last season um, from, let me see, from uh, 32.3 to 36.8. Um, and he's got a career 31.6 chase rate. So, um, you know, if there's, if he can kind of rein that in, I mean, I think we know what, what the candy man is at this point, which is kind of a 15 to 18 home run guy. Um, I will say that, and he has no, he doesn't bring any steals to the table. I think his batting average uh, should jump up a little bit, you know, but I would just kind of pencil in maybe like 240, 245, just because I, you know, I don't know if he does, you know, get more patience at the plate. Um, or if he just continues to kind of chase at pitches outside the zone. So um, I will say with him though, there's a little bit of upside, which, and it's, it's, you, you referenced this Baba where um, you know, yes, he's going from one bad team to another bad team, but he does have a park upgrade and um, he's never hit 20 home runs before he's topped out at 19, but I feel like Candelaria, I would not be surprised if he, if he hits the 20, 20 home run mark this year and like that's it 2021 like and that would be an upside but that's um outside of that i think that we kind of know what we're getting with him um but there is a little bit of maybe a 20 home run upside with him this season i wouldn't be surprised 
insert Jack Nicholson shaking head <laughs> gift. Yes, because that's I think when we talked about him before, the thing I've mm -hmm. always loved about him is he's a doubles machine, oh. which we've seen like and it's not a great comparison again, but Machado was that guy and learned how to elevate the baseball. Yeah. Get the dude out of Detroit. Like look at Castellanos when he went to the Wrigley. Like just get him out of Detroit. Detroit <laughs> and you never know what could happen so yeah. I'm he's still so young and like you said at worst he's going so late as a like in a draft champions format mm -hmm. as a backup third baseman a corner infielder not a bad scenario yeah yeah let's talk Luis Garcia who Ross Research has platooning I hope not but uh we'll see how that goes mm -hmm. he's going around pick 307 brings a pretty decent batting average floor little power little speed uh, what are your expectations in 2023 for Luis Garcia? Yeah, we saw he kind of came up um, in June. He was called up in June. And, um, you know, he's a young guy. He's 22 years old. But he does have pop and a little bit of speed. And that comes with a plus batting average. So that's always good. Um, you know, his big thing is he didn't really walk um, last season. He had a 2.9 walk rate. Um, overall, but the good thing is, is that he consistently increased his walk rate each month from, from June on. And it basically went from 0.9% to 5.6%. Uh, so from between June and October, you know, he went up, which is good. It's something that you want to see, you know, he doesn't really elevate the ball yet. Um, so he'll probably kind of hover around, you know, 50%, um, ground ball rate, which will probably ultimately kind of cap, um, his, his speed. Um, so or I'm sorry, his home runs. Um, but you know, again, he's 22 and I think that he can improve on some of his contact rates. I think in terms of platooning, uh, I think he should get playing time, but yes, I think that there is a possibility he could sit against lefties. Um, but, you know, a lot of projections have him going for, you know, kind of like a, a 12 to 15 home run, um, guy combined, you know, 120, you know, runs and RBI, um, you know, with a handful of steals and a 260 batting average, you know, that's definitely serviceable for where he's going. And if he ends up platooning, then, you know, um, you can, you can find someone else, you know, if, if you're solely relying on, on Luis Garcia, but, um, he, it's, it's really kind of that, that pop and speed mix with, with the, um, plus batting average. So hopefully, um, they let him kind of run as much as he can, can because I think that um, in terms of playing time, because I think that there, um, there's not a lot, you know, kind of waiting in the wings. So I think that, that they'll run with him, but he could lose uh, playing time to the lefties. Okay. Uh, other than that, it's a lot of platoon stuff. Corey mm -hmm. Dickerson's there. Dominic Smith's there. Like we like the platoon options. Victor Robles maybe one day figures out. <laughs> yeah, he's still uh -huh. he's only gonna be twenty six, which crazy. is crazy. I know. Like he's been around for every year. It's the same yeah. Victor Robles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is there anybody else worth like? Like I know we could keep an eye on guys and like the like I've streamed Corey Dickerson multiple times last year when they had a bunch of right handers and the Cardinals are mm -hmm. facing. But mm -hmm. uh, are there any of these plot guys like worth? drafting or is it more just kind of like a wait and see approach with Washington? No, I, I don't, I don't know that they're, they're worth drafting. I would say you mentioned Corey Dickerson. That's the only one that I, you know, would maybe, maybe pop for me a little bit. We kind of know what Corey Dickerson is at this point, but um, you know, he signed to play every day as, you know, an outfielder in Washington. And um, you never know, you know, with some of these kind of, you know, one year veterans change of scenery, um, sometimes it brings out the best of them. Um, and so, but I ultimately, in terms of your question, are they worth drafting? Um, I don't think unless in like really super deep leagues or a draft and draft and hold or something, but I could see Dickerson, he could surprise you at, at certain points during the, uh, during the season. And, 
I think he'll have his streamable moments for sure. Like I think he could easily fall into some counting stats if he's playing every single day um, for the most part, um, because it's just, there's not a lot of depth on this team. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, now it gets a little interesting. Uh, let's let's go to the mound with the. <laughs> Do Washington we have to? Mess. I know. That's <laughs> Do why we I, have to? Hey, I, when I typed this up, I was about to go. I'm just, I, I still might. I'm going to probably combine some of these just because it's that's fine. It's tricky. Yep. Um, I did this with the A's too. Don't don't mm-hmm. worry. Like it got to a point where like, we don't need to talk about all of them unless mm-hmm. you really want to. Yep. Um, Josiah Gray yep. is the name many people know because again, once really heralded prospect has the home run issues mm-hmm. through the roof. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going after pick 400, though. Still doesn't mean I love him. Yeah. But um, what are your thoughts on Josiah Gray coming into this season? Yeah, I just real quickly, like, before we kind of, like, just kind of get into some of these pitchers, I, when I was kind of digging into these numbers, I knew that the Washington, um, you know, starting rotation was bad. I did not realize, Bubba, how bad, just how bad yeah, it was. And I. I was just neither like, whoa. Yeah. Uh, it was the only team that had, like, a negative um, – you know, runs above um, replacement and I think, or wins above replacement, sorry. And um, it was just like any really category that you want to um, kind of, you know, measure any of these guys, they were like dead last. So um, it was, it was bad, but yeah, Josiah Gray, uh, you know, with him, the main bullet points, you know, really are, um, you know, he, he walks too much, you know, and, you and he did have his first full season in Washington last season. So I should note that. And, I will say he had 154 strikeouts and 148.2 uh, innings pitched, but uh, it came with bloated ratios. He had a, a 5.02 ERA and a 1.36 WHIP, and um, that goes back to you know his his walk issues. He walks too many batters. He has um, really problems keeping the ball in the yard, and um, this is both his walk. Uh, rate and his home run rate are bloated. They were bloated last season um, when he made his uh, uh, debut and he, they just mirrored each other like in another full season. You know, he had um, over a 10% um, walk rate in both last season and in 2021 and his, um, you know, home run per nine, um, you know, he had a 2.3 home run per nine and a 2.42 home run per nine in 2021. Now just you know, if your listeners don't know, like the league average for home runs per nine is 1.06. So he is just, he just has problems with the home run ball. He walks too many uh, batters. You know, he has a fastball that really isn't that effective. You know, batters were, were teeing off of it um, last season to the tune of a 738 slug uh, and a 304 um, batting average. Um, and, you know, 24 of his 38 home runs came off of his fastball. His slider is much more of his whiff pitch, but it was also less effective this season. So I think that there's some, there's some, there's talent there uh, with Josiah Gray. It's just um, like, he needs, he needs to command the ball better. He needs to make like, like a pitch mix change or usage change. Something needs to be tweaked. Um, and maybe that's all that it takes, but I'm kind of off of Joe Gray, the, Josiah Gray this season. I was in last season, but now that he's kind of mirrored these like, bad rates. I just, I'm not really that interested this season, despite the fact he's going past 400. Yeah. That's where I'm kind of like, if he does it, congratulations. Mm-hmm. I'm just, it's, it's so hard to get back in on with that home run problem. Cause if you throw yeah. a couple walks out there, it gets, it's tricky, but yeah. you never know. I'm going to put the two <clears throat> veterans together here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Patrick Corman at an ADP of 712 and Trevor Williams with an ADP of mm-hmm. 580. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I have, I'll be honest, I'll yeah. say it. I have drafted Trevor Williams in uh-huh. like one of the last rounds of a DC because mm-hmm. it's like he's gonna get innings. Yeah. You never know. I'm not in love with anything here. Mm-hmm. Any any interest for fantasy with these two for you? No, not fantasy wise. I do think the Trevor Williams signing is good for like the team in real, real life, life yeah. but not really for fantasy. You know, you're talking about a low strikeout pitcher. He will, you know, he should get innings barring health. Um, but yeah, I mean, he has a career 11.7 um, strikeout minus walk rate. So not really, um, you know, Patrick Corbin, I, the thing is Patrick Corbin, you, you will get innings with Patrick Corbin as well, but he's just such a head scratcher, um, you know, in the last couple seasons. Um, and I think, but you can you kind of pick and choose your moments, I think, with Patrick Corbin. I will say that, you know, um, he had these, again, like bloated rates, ratios, a 631 ERA and a 170 whip. But his ERA estimators um, said he pitched better, better than that. He had a 421 XFIP and a 433 Sierra. Um, but in the last two seasons, he's had an 11.1 strikeout minus walk rate. Um, and you've just seen all the arrows kind of trending downwards in the last two seasons. And it all kind of begins with, you know, his his slider that's just completely fallen off. So. Um, the thing is, the Nationals are going to continue to roll Corbin out, Patrick Corbin out, um, because he has this albatross contract. Um, you know, him and Steven Strasburg, um, they their uh, combined um, payrolls make up over 60% of the total payroll of the Washington Nationals, and it just stings. And it's just like you look at these guys and it's like, come on. Um, but if you are looking for a plus with Corbin, he will give you – innings um it kind of is at well what cost and um but if you want to pick and choose and kind of stream him um like i guess that's okay he's like would you say like he's 700 like, 712 <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like really crazy it's really crazy but the what the nationals will continue to roll him out he was the opening day starter last season um i don't i don't know if he's the opening day starter this season but um it's ugly it's ugly out there, Bubba, with these pitchers. Well, you mentioned Steven Strasburg, so that's mm-hmm. why I got you there. Mm-hmm. Do we expect much from him this year? Like no, projections I, have like fifteen starts, maybe. No, and the thing is, it's like um, lo- looking at kind of some of the um, you know beat writers out here. It's just he doesn't even have. There's no timetable with him, and he's getting over um, with some sort of like thoracic. I don't even know what his rib is. I think his rib injury or some it's sort ribs. of thoracic issue. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's like you look at Steven Strasburg, you know, in the past, you know, two seasons, he's he's combined for like like under 30, 30 innings. And so it's just he and he's a little bit of a head case too. So I think that um there to you know, to answer your question, there is no um he's TBD in terms of um when he's gonna come up. If he we even right. see him this year at all. Yeah. Probably smart not to. Yeah. Um, I'll combine the two youngsters now. Mm-hmm. We had Cade Cavalli, who, you know, there were some high hopes for because the pedigree was there and strikeouts were there in his one outing. And everything else kind of got slippery, mm-hmm. but uh, his minor league number is not bad. Not yeah. bad. So that, that's promising. Yeah. You also have Mackenzie Gore, who we've seen goods and bads for with San Diego, came over with a CJ Abrams and the Soto deal. So, what are we maybe thinking with Cavalli and Gore? Cavalli's ADP is 440 mm-hmm. and Gore is almost 400. So, they're not that expensive. Is there any optimism on those two? Yeah, I, th- I think this is a little bit of, of a wait and see for both. Um, and I think we kind of need to see what they're doing in spring training because um, they're both coming off of uh, injuries that um, kind of shut their seasons down um, last season prematurely. Uh, both are like are penciled in, you know, to the starting rotation. I mean, there's one thing about this rotation is that it is super thin. And so 
I, you know, I think the Nationals do need to acquire, you know, another kind of veteran guy. But in terms of these young guys, um, you know, I know Gore is um, kind of going in the same neighborhood as um, Josiah Gray. I would rather take a shot on Mackenzie Gore at this point um, than, than Gray. I think that, um, you know, he really started the season well last season with San Diego, uh, but then it really ended on a sa- on a sour note, you know, and that's when you saw, you know, elbow inflammation issues. Um, and that really kind of shut his, his season down, but the Nats were still confident in him. Uh, he was acquired in that Soto deal. Um, yeah, there's, there's kind of pros and cons with him, you know, walks were, were a little bit of an issue with Mackenzie Gore. Um, and you know, in kind of in his, in the majors, as well as in the minors, um, you know, he's got, he relies on a fastball close to 60% of the time. Um, but it's kind of like, it's his best pitch in terms of batting average against it, but it really only gets like, you know, 18, I think 18.7% uh, whiff rate. Um, you know, his, his curveball and slider are his whiff pitches, but the, he doesn't command those very well. So it's a little bit of a mixed bag, but I will take that upside um, over Josiah Gray. Um, but I do think I like uh, Kate Cavalli a little bit more than, uh, Mackenzie Gore. Again, this is assuming everything works out well in spring training. Um, you know, you mentioned that Cavalli had that one start. Um, it's a little bit more, um, you know, missed than hit. Um, but he does have a solid arsenal. He has three above average pitches um, that he can work with. Um, he also has had a little bit of control and command issues, but um, he's also been a high strikeout pitcher. Um, again, I feel this is a theme with national uh, pitchers is that there's, there's still, you know, some walk issues here, but um, assuming things kind of are all good in spring training with these guys. Um, I think both Cavalli and Mackenzie Gore um, are perfect guys that you can take a, a shot on in terms of dart throws late in drafts, because um, assuming health, they're going to get playing time. There's no one else there in this rotation. Um, and they do have upside and there's going to be some growing pains with, I think both of them, but I think they're absolutely, these are perfect dart throws to me, I think at, and at the tail end of drafts or deeper drafts. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that's a great call. Especially I, 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 I the pedigree of Cavalli seems very intriguing. So I'm mm-hmm. there at Gora. I was all in on it. So he <clears throat> kind of got hiccupy last year. Yeah. Um, let's head to the bullpen real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Kyle Finnegan slated to close. I think we all kind of expect him to start as the closer. We saw Carl Edwards get chances last year. Hunter Harvey's there, who I'm a mm-hmm. big fan of a later mm-hmm. round mm-hmm. choice on. So how are you approaching the Nationals bullpen, assuming, you know, saves? we, we know saves will be limited, but mm-hmm. how do you approach this come draft time? Because they're all coming reasonably priced. Yeah. Least. You know, I think I think that Kyle Finnegan, if this makes sense, I think he's a perfectly solid lower tier uh, closer, yeah. if that makes sense. And, um, he, you know, he made improvements last, last season. He, he started throwing and he, you know, he basically kind of, um, came into the closer season in the second half of the season, but, um, you know, you, he started throwing his sinker, um, a little bit more and, um, it, it worked well for him. You know, you saw his, um, velocity increase from 95.7% to 97 uh, miles per hour. Um, and you know, he cut his, his walk rate down. Um, so these were all good signs. I think that he will be the closer. I think the only issue with, with Finnegan is, um, you know, he's the closer for the, for the nationals, but, um, he could get traded. Um, and if he does, you know, you referenced Hunter Harvey, you know, I think that's a really kind of, um, sneaky pick there. Um, you know, Harvey has always had, you know, um, problems staying healthy, but he, is, he is my guy, I think, especially like in, um, you know, draft and holds and stuff like that, that, um, 
Hunter Harvey, you know, if you're going to take a shot on someone in this bullpen, uh, to me, it's Hunter Harvey. I like him. Yeah, Harvey's ADP is around 530 right now. Mm-hmm. So I've, okay. been, I've been trying to grab him late as a spec yeah. a lot. Yeah. Uh, any other starters or relievers? Any other pitchers? Like you said, they probably have to go acquire someone. Like, I don't know if we really want to discuss Palo Espino as a spot starter, stuff like that. But anybody else? Yeah, no. I mean, I think that unless they don't get anyone, you're going to see Palo Espino. You're going to see Erasmo Ramirez. Um, I think they have to get someone because I just. This 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 rotation can go sideways real quickly. Um, so I would like for them to add depth, and I don't know that even if they add depth, I think it's I think it's a good move probably in real life, but again for fantasy purposes, um, I don't know um, how fruitful it will be. All right, let's talk potential uh, prospects we might see this year because as much as we like to make fun of what's going on in the big league level, they have a lot of prospects. They land a lot of trades. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many will be impactful this year, mm-hmm. but who are some of the names you are looking at potentially in drafts right now? Yeah. I mean, in terms of, of drafts, I, I mean, you are looking at some of their prospects that will be kind of showcasing their skills for the first time for the nationals this year, you know, in terms of like, you know, Kay Cavalli, you know, and, um, and uh, CJ Abrams. Um, and these are, you know, the nationals have acquired, they had like this basically barren farm system, but um, with some of the big trades in the past two seasons, um, they have acquired some intriguing guys, um, like I said, I think you're going to start seeing some this season, but in terms of like any of the guys that we haven't like talked about, maybe you'd see, you know, Robert Hassel this season. I think that that, that may be a little bit too early. I think that he has a, a ETA of 2024, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see him because, um, it's really going to be dependent on how, how well do we think ultimately I, I'm fine with Lane Thomas, but with, you know, with Corey Dickerson um, and who, who else do we have now? Oh, Victor Robles. Um, you know, if that outfield doesn't really stand up, it's possible you see Robert Hassel up and he's got a little bit of power and speed. That would be interesting. I think it'd be a little bit early, but I wouldn't rule that out um, either. So um he he would be interesting. I think in terms of the closest person to twenty twenty three, that's what that's who uh, jumps to mind for me. It's an inter- it's interesting. Like <clears throat> whenever I do these, I just kind of scroll on roster resources through the minor leagues, and mm-hmm. you know Carter Keyboom's still down there. What, I, yep. what could have been? <laughs> I know, I know. Um, Jeter Downs, who they mm-hmm. got, they got like, him in the rule that's five. A, that's interesting. That is honestly. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because because the rule five, you know, the whole like literally, if he doesn't stay, they ship him back mm-hmm. and. Again, like once heralded prospects, so you like you never know. Like that, mm-hmm. so that's at least you know piques my interest a little bit. Yeah. But um, and then the name I've heard a lot, and I I know nothing about prospects. And mm-hmm. if it's not on your radar, then it's probably more of a long term or it's a long. And when I've heard it, people have flat out said long shot. Mm-hmm. But it's someone that I keep an eye on. And I think it's I think to me it's a long shot because of Jeter Downs mm-hmm. and because of Carter Keyboom being there. But Jake Alou's been mentioned a few times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's sitting like right now. Roster resource has him penciled in, um, you know, as as you know, on the bench. You know, mm-hmm. um, um, I don't know. I mean, I he's someone that I actually don't know a ton about. Um, I have you know kind of heard his him kind of bandied about, but I actually don't know a ton about him. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. It, no, it's fine. Like I literally, I've, I'll look, <clears throat> I've looked at his page. And it's like okay, he's a little power, a little speed, but. I, I don't know why they'd rush him up over someone else mm-hmm. um, that's there at that. So I don't know. I've just, there's a bunch of, like I said, scrolling through the, the list. They have a lot of options, but it's just, I don't know if they're quality options or yeah. what they are. So 
And the way they built their team, it's like they're good with platooning cheap veterans for now. And it's almost like let's suck again and get some more draft picks and then kind of start spending money maybe. That's yeah. What it feels I, like. Yeah. I mean, this team is is made up of a mix of top prospects, kind of one-year veteran rentals, and yep. really kind of fringy guys, like solid yep. fringy guys, if that makes sense. 100%. Yep. So, I mean, that is your 2023 Washington Nationals. I love it. And it was fun previewing them with you, Lauren. It was mm-hmm. great. It was a... Uh, it's going to be an interesting year to yeah. that way, in a very tough division. So yeah. we're, yes. we'll see how this yeah. goes. But yeah. uh, before we head on out of here, mm-hmm. remind everybody where they can find you and what you got going on. You can catch me over at, at Fantrax where I do both football and baseball, obviously now moving into the baseball season. So um, I will be um, starting kind of at, at the uh, mid to end of the month, um, starting uh, to do kind of a weekly um, article for the off season. And I will continue that throughout the, the regular season. And you can find me over at Twitter um, at LK Auerbach. All righty. Well, Lauren, always a pleasure talking to you. I appreciate you joining me. I look forward to the next time we get to chat. Hopefully yep. it's before November in Arizona. Let's put it that way. Let's we'll, we'll plan it. We'll calendar it. All right. Sounds like <laughs> a plan to me. Make sure you guys follow her on Twitter at LK Auerbach and much, much more on fan tracks from her. And until next time, this is your Bench with Bubba Washington Nationals season preview. Catch you guys next time. to 25 times your money this football season test your skills on prize picks the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports just select two or more players pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics and place your entry it's as easy as that if you have the skills you can turn ten dollars into 250 dollars with just a few taps easy gameplay quick withdrawals and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app ready to test your skills join the prize picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up right now prize picks will match your first deposit up to 100 just visit prizepicks.com get 100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.